in the cabbage. Right, let's get it. Test, test, test. Yeah, we're live. Welcome to In the Cabbage. <laughs> this is crazy. This is pretty bananas right now <laughs> that we're actually doing this. I'm Tommy Sweat. Andrew Witt. Please subscribe. Please listen. Please download. Like. Just a reminder. Keep swinging. in the cabbage i'm your boy tommy swain to my right or your left andrew witt what's up what is up buddy oh wow for the for the people who don't know it's been about two weeks ish yeah we we rattled off a couple real fast last well the week prior i guess we went monday then we went wednesday again right after because you were going on a little extended trip must be nice over to little oregon i did it was you what know was, well, what was what was not quite nice was not actually flying over there yeah i had to you, drive. you had to drive yeah it, which is not fun so this episode's going to be real chatty and real fast cuz we the boys haven't seen each other for a hot minute yeah and it's hard the hardest part about podcasting for myself in this relationship and friendship we it's have. A, it's the lack of like telling exactly what's kind of going on back and forth. Right. It's kind of like the normal text that you would normally get from like your buddies, your friends, your really close like family, whatever, yeah. yada, yada, yada. You kind of like need it. We need to sever ties almost almost from that. Yeah. I, I had, <laughs> like there's multiple times during the trip I wanted to text you and like, you know, tell you what's going on, but like can't. It's like we got to save it for the podcast. Right. And I don't think we'll ever have that issue where like we're struggling to talk about things like we know because we always talk about other things that are a little bit more like close to us. Maybe it's whatever family or it's your job. We right. can, we always have that common ground to lay out. There we got right we there. got enough stuff. The uh, boring minutiae we can get through. Yeah, I feel like we're dating each other because like every time we've been seeing each other recently, it's like. What are you doing this weekend? What are you doing that weekend? Dude, that we were going through some of our calendars and it is ridiculous what we have planned out. I love the shared calendar, mm-hmm. but my God, I'm booked for the next month and a half right now. It makes it like it, lined it's, unf- up. it's unfortunate because I think the shared calendar beauty, there's all so much beauty about it, which for people who don't know, when you're in a serious relationship or you're getting married. For the love of God, if you both have iPhones or whatever, download an app together, get a shared calendar. Or just Google Calendar, honestly. That works too. Whatever you got to do to just be able to have a calendar together that you both can see and edit because it helps, I mean, 20, 20%, 30% of all arguments. I was going to say my argument game has gone significantly down. Because like it's the unreal, it's and it used to all be on me. Let's be real. Katie's the one that was right. like on top of it, and like the amount of times I would say, "Hey, do we have anything going on like next weekend?" She's like, "Are you kidding me?" Like, yeah. I've been telling you for like, like three weeks exactly, right? And that's the weekend. Like my other family's like coming in town from Chicago. I'm like, oh, right. How could I forget that? Like, whoops. But like you know, if it's not down and on paper. You know, sometimes you just slip to mind. Sometimes you just kind of forget about it for a little bit because you heard about it four weeks ago. Right. And then boom, it's there. And the also it saves like the if you're busy, like and you've just come back from doing plans and you got to make more plans. It saves like a little bit of relief where I can just add to the calendar Mm -hmm. and already block the days off and then talk to my wife about it. And then if she's in for it, great. If not, then we both can just get rid of it. 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's one of the most beautiful things, but also it's one of the most stressful right, things. Right, because now the con about it would be, now people know exactly when you're free. So these plans that people would be like, hey, are you free August, whatever, 23rd? I'm like, I don't know. I have to go talk to Madison and figure out if we are. Right. And then you don't ask them. You forget about it. Not a good time. And then it's the week before, and you're like, oh, by the way, I forgot there's something going on next weekend. Are you interested? And like that, like being able not to do all those things because yeah. you can skip it because you're like, oh, it didn't work out. You know, last minute plans. Right. Now there's no excuse. You're like, August 23rd. Yeah, I'm free. What's going on? Yeah. It's, and you got to be real blunt with people. You know, maybe that hasn't uh, quite crossed my uh, my path just quite yet because I'm a little bit new to the share right. calendar game. I can see that being an issue, though. It, you always constantly you're like, you yeah, know, you can check when you're free. Yeah. You know, yeah. I always just be like, I'll let you know now is my big one. Yeah. I'll go I'll be able to see and figure it out. But yeah. So the shared calendar put us on the map for Google, uh, for Oregon. And like you said, we drove up there. Yeah, dude. I mean, more. I, my, I tip my hat to you for real, though, because it is it is a hefty, hefty drive. It's like 14 and a half, 15 hours, depending on what's going on. And also, that does that not include stops? That does include stops for Madison and I, because we don't stop, really. It's just for yeah, gas. See, she packs sandwiches, and that's it. See, I just, and I hammer it. See, that's crazy. Right. So I've done, well, I actually drove to Oregon. I did it in 13 hours, 13 hours and like 30 minutes. Yeah. that And that's just straight driving time. That's just me driving, like stopping for gas. What car do you take? Mass's Jeep twice. Mm. We load that car full of shit. Yeah. I mean, Hendrix, we have a Hendrix first aid kit. <laughs> that's how much <laughs> you, shit I got. You got it all covered. I mean, Someone Why? could blow a finger off and Madison would have some sutures for it. Here is like the fucking perf little like segue here because I feel like I pack almost nothing. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, Besides though, the abundance of underwear. Yeah, 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 of course. I take enough underwear to like of, if I was stuck on a third story building <laughs> to build a rope. We always joke about it. But yeah, that's the same shit. Like that I have to pack an extra two or three days of underwear. All in case I shit myself twice. Right. <laughs> I'm preparing for the worst. <laughs> and that's the only thing that Katie's like, make sure you got extras. Yeah. Make sure you got some extras in there. You don't want to run out of those guys. Yeah, you run out of those guys, you got real issues. And socks for me too. I can go socks two days. Yeah, but at the same time, if you're active and it's hot. I'm not active and I'm always inside. Yeah, but you're going to Oregon, dude, and you're camping. I would have brought plenty. Of, I actually ran out of socks. See, that's a bummer. Last like, day oh, I got to throw on these like, So I timed it well. Okay. But yeah, so a bunch of junk. But you the fact nothing. of the matter is, is that the ladies in our relationship really, really prepare for it all. I mean, I mean like it's it's full on. You're going on. You might as well be going backpacking across like the Sierra Mountains. Like I would be fine. They got it. It'd be, I'd be fine. I know like I like even Katie's purse and yeah. Madison's purse <laughs> filled just with a brim. The, just the day to day. I mean, there's gum. We have Advil. I got Tums. There's probably Dramamine. There's an extra pair of like some sort of clothing item always in there. Like yeah. some socks or something. Yeah, there's some tampons. There's oh, every yeah. medical thing that you could ever want. It's like nail filers in there. Yeah, I just, I... Chapsticks in there, lo- hand lotions in there. Yeah. Like, it's, <laughs> they got it all. Perel. 
for a while. Yeah, hand sanitizers in there. It's, Katie even like carries like a cup, maybe a couple, um, you know, things of makeup in there with her. And oh, then yeah, she's got my do full makeup. And then my groups. lactose pills are in there too. Yeah, you always got to keep those boys on the yeah. line for you. <laughs> you never know when a grilled cheese is going to really come out and get you. <laughs> come out of left field yeah. attack. You got to be ready for a good grilled cheese every once in a while. Are you kidding me? Yeah, you got to just, when you go to like a, but it's hard because I like just, I call me lame, but just give me good old fashioned sourdough. Butter both sides with Kraft American cheese in the oh middle, and I'm done. I don't know if anything else hits harder than that. Here's a little, a little extra, little kick that you could maybe do if you want to make it a little bit more like adult version, make it a little spicy. Mm-hmm. Just put a skosh of cayenne pepper in your grilled cheese. Yeah, I season it with salt, pepper. Oh my, yeah, salt, pepper. I do stuff a lot lighter now because for a while I was seasoning everything so heavily. Yeah. Yeah. And at some point, I think I'm like, okay, like I'm not even tasting this seasoning. It's throwing all the taste <laughs> off on the food. So I've got, I've limited the amount of stuff I yeah, it's season good. now. Sometimes it's really simple, you know, salt, pepper, rice, wine, vinegar, soy sauce. That's all you need. Those right. Four things, you know, like for I doing Asian. Vinegar. And I use a lot more like honey in my cooking now. For That's like nice. A, a sugar additive. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so. Right back to the Oregon thing here. Right. And just packing <laughs> stuff. That's going to be like this all trip. Oh, yeah. All podcast. But um, so you're packing the Jeep to the brim. To the brim. And we're filling it up. I got Hendrix's first aid kit. We got like, you know, we're preparing for like Middle Earth. And 15 minutes away, <laughs> there's a grocery store. Right. <laughs> and a gas station. And the city and clothes. Like, and every year I have to go like, just a reminder. Right. We're only 10 minutes from a grocery store. So if like things go south and you need to go, God forbid, you need to go get some band-aids or like, we'll be fine. Alcohol wipes. Right. We'll figure it out. (laughs) But I've also gotten worse the older I've gotten. How so? Like more like I got to worry about Advil now and Tums. Yeah. And like, I'm packing like some extra clothes every once in a while. Like I'm, now I'm golfing everywhere I go, so now I'm going to add golf outfits to everything I do. Yeah, the golf outfits really do add a lot. The hats. How am I going to pack the hats? I don't even bring good hats on trips anymore. I bring my like, secondary hats. You know, I looked into actually um, getting like a travel size like hat suitcase, essentially, because right. you need to put your hats in with your suitcase, but then they're going to get mangled in there. Right, and you... Those like guys are hats. those guys are expensive, dog. Have you yeah. looked at those things? <laughs> no. I did a 180 real quick, and I'm really hoping that maybe someone comes out there and makes something out of like a cardboard or like a light thin plastic or something. But like, dude, they're pretty. I think they were pretty expensive. How much maybe I didn't about? look very hard, but it was like 125. Uh, you didn't look very hard. There's no way it's 125. I, I'm only option. Guaranteed it there was cheaper options, but I okay. saw a couple and I'm like, that's totally not worth it. I'm not doing whatever. I didn't See look hat. I didn't look hard. The investments of the hat isn't worth it. But yeah, no. we uh did a little driving differently. Last time I drove 13 and a half hours there, all the way there, got to Oregon, then I drove whatever 15 something home. We broke it up a little differently this time. Okay. Um we did a stop in Reading. Nice, dude. Which was I nice. feel like Anytime it's over like a twelve hour drive, that's that's tough to we knock stood, out. We stayed the night. Yeah. Um which cool. is her parents normally do. So they, you know, I'm like whatever, we can take it easy on the way there. And then she gave me the option of staying there on the way back. And I, and at that point, if I'm coming home, 
I don't want to stop. Yeah, I want to just go. get me home. Yeah, I'm right there with you. So I was like, no, no, no I'll do the drive home. Like, we're not going to stay the extra night. Like, we're going to thank ourselves Sunday for it. Right. Saturday's going to be awful, but just buckle in. I got us. Right. So. Because you never want to wake up and then end up driving back home and taking, like, seven hours. And then now your whole Sunday's gone. Right. And then I you got to get so, ready for work on Monday. Yeah. I would so much rather bite the bullet, sacrifice, and get home if there's ever an option. Right. And we were, you know. Cooking. It doesn't even matter if it's, like, getting up or getting home at, like, four in the morning. I'm I'm good with that. I can I can right. do that. Yeah, I mean I I will take that sacrifice of really bad timing and stuff just to get home. As long as you know the wifey can handle it, like and she can sit in the car for that long, right. I'm in. Right, I can do it. I'll I'll I will be jello legged and cranky when I get out of that thing. <laughs> the last four hours are gonna be miserable. Oh, I get jumpy. Yeah, hour like thirteen, I start when cars start moving in my lane. I get like my reaction times aren't there really, and I get a little like whoa, been, whoa, whoa. You just been looking at the same shit for so long. Oh my god! And you're just by hour four, I'm counting everything in Vegas, Vegas trips. Like that's one Vegas trip. That's two Vegas trips. Oh god! I gotta do like four of them. Thirteen hours, dude. I mean, that's just ridiculous. it's like going to Vegas. Touching the strip, driving back to my house, touching my house, going back to the strip, touching the strip, and going back to my house. That's out of control. Right. It's truly, that's that's way too much. You it, know, it, I start I start getting a little itchy, twitchy, like six hours in. Even like three and a half back in the day yeah. was getting stretchy for us. Yeah, I did a t- I did a Chico trip, but that was eight hours. That was that was getting a little tweaky too. <laughs> yeah, like, <not> that. <laughs> I bet you get a little weird in the car. After and that long. I can't like then you got to tackle another five after that. Like, whoa, that's a long time. By hour so. three, like, me and you, I always get so excited for a Vegas drive mm-hmm. between the two of us. That we blabbermouth for a good three hours and 20 minutes. And they were like, oh, shit, we're here in Vegas, basically. And we're wiped, though, by the last 30 (laughs) or 40 minutes. And we get there, and we're I'm, like, tired. I just sat there talking for three hours. We we were just buzzing on a coffee. But But, uh, tell me about that night that you guys stayed at in Reading. Was it cool? It was cool. There was, like, um, a bridge there that's famous. It's, like, a glass bridge. Walked across it. It was cool. Um we also have like a bunch of hiking paths that so they can go on so they let nice. the dogs out. We walked around. It was cool. We saw deer. Um, Love that. Which so like in Oregon, that northern, like super northern, northern California, seeing deer is pretty like yeah, everyday stuff. Yeah. Which is always weird to me because like, oh my God, there's a deer. Yeah. And people were like, yeah, that's whatever. Uh, that's it's a deer. Like, yeah. It's Fred. Like he's, he, <laughs> he comes here, here <laughs> every other day. Right. And I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> right. They're like bunnies for us, you know. They are for, for to them, right? Because I hardly see bunnies out there. Really? Yeah. Huh. I don't know. Madison said the same thing to me. She's like, "I don't see any bunny bunnies out here." I'm like, "Well, one, because there's actually things that hunt them out here." Right. Of course. Like we have coyotes and stuff, but they're far and few between. Right. Those like, guys get to live out in bushes in people's backyards. They're they're great. Right. <laughs> the, these bunnies out here are like actually in some stuff, like bald eagle type of vibe. Right. They come out. Right, you know, see a bunny guys. get jacked in front of you? Ruin my wife's trip. You know what's really funny is that um, it, it's so funny because it, a deer catches us off guard. Right. But there were a couple of times where I was walking around at Long Beach State on campus and people were like freaking out about the squirrels. 
Yeah. Like like losing their absolute minds with like, a squirrel. <laughs> like, oh my God. Like they've never seen one before. I'm like, dude, these are littered all over campus. What are you guys <laughs> talking about? <laughs> I wonder that's so funny. Like, it's such a weird perspective thing, right? Right. Like the things that people like traffic. <laughs> people always like, wow, the traffic guy, it's always happening. You're like, yeah. Right. Our life. You can expect that. You gotta plan everything around it. And you're like, hey, need to we need to plan everything around traffic. And I'm like, yeah, that's just common knowledge over here. Like, like don't leave anywhere at four. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, leave earlier or later. Right. You can't Not leave around that time. It's just really funny how um, that works. But yeah, the trip overall was amazing. Like, it's very much glamping, but it's um, it's like log cabins, no AC, just windows. But we were on a lake. We had a really good breeze. Last year got to like 101, 102 yeah, at times. Yeah, dude, that's ridiculous. And that's stayed ridiculous. at night like 78, 80. Which then you're like hot during the day, no relief at night. Here, like I got to like 90 one day, but dropped to like 52 at night. Woo, that's so nice. <clears throat> so you just open the windows up and you're good. But part of having the windows open is there's bugs that get to fly. And they have screens, but they're all janky. Okay. So we open up the first night, and Mass and I all trip long are getting jacked up by bugs. Oh, there was nothing worse. Dude, I, the first night in Reading, I stayed the night. And I got like a spider bite, we think, or a new type of mosquito. Right. And it bit me three times on my upper back in a line and then flew down and bit me four more times on my lower back. Oh, my so God. So day one, I already have like seven bug bites on this me. Man's, <laughs> this man's coming out crippled. Dude, I woke up. I'm like, can you scratch my back? And Madison's like... Yeah, sure. I never ask her to, like, scratch my back. Right. I usually just find a corner and I dig it out of myself. Right, right. And then um, I'm like, I think I have bug bites. And she's like, really? No way. And it opens, pulls my shirt up, and it's like. Like, just She's painted. like, dang, oh, my God, honey. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, the spider had a vendetta. He was dying oh, on my God. back. And he was like, meh, meh, meh. just bit up my back and then crawled for his life. <laughs> <laughs> tried to get out of there, bite me four more times, and I squished him in my sleep or something. But oh, there's nothing, dude, nothing, nothing worse than bug bites, I have, spiders, and like. I'm recovering from all my scabs because I itch them. Yeah. And yeah. I make them bleed. I have zero self control. I and Madison always gets so mad. We're like, it could, it could get infected. I'm like, it doesn't. Yeah. Doing it for years. <laughs> years. We're good. I've been, I scratch them until they, they scab. Oh, yeah. And I pick the scab off. Yep. I do the same thing, too. <laughs> and it's so gross. It's so bad. It, I have zero self control when it comes to that. And they're like, just rub around it. I'm like, it's not the same. <laughs> I can, it's not the same. It immediately stops the itching. I have less itch once it starts to bleed. Right. And then I, you know, you, you get that like white <laughs> stuff that comes out or the clear stuff, the clear yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like the, uh, like the stem cells or whatever. Yeah. It's like fight the infection. And I get that out of there too. <laughs> 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 I like that thing just part bleeding every, all the time for God me. God damn. But anyways, yeah, and then always they're like, put on like the itching cream, Neospore. I'm like, ah, it's in the other room. Yeah, so like, Mass will so catch mad. me itching. She's like, stop. And I'm like, oh, my God. You got to get that cream, though. Actually, that shit. I, I tried not to because I got so jacked up this week. I'm like, I'm going to scar myself. I can see, dude, you just lift up your other ankle and, and, and oh, knee it's here. Like all I'm like, over, oh, dude. my God. They're all over. I have, like, five on my one leg, like, three or four on the other, like, seven on my back. That's tough. So we opened up night one, and all these mosquitoes fly, and we just saw them oh, for the first God. time. And uh, so, you know, you, you take an L 
I'm like, well, it's either we die of heat and get no sleep, or maybe we get a bug bite in our sleep. It's your choice. Right. And I, you always choose you always choose bug bite. Yeah, of course. You can't go there and, and have and sleep in eighty five in an eighty five degree room. There's just no chance. No. I wouldn't sleep. And we need sleep because we're active all day. Right. No TV, hardly any con- connection from our cabin, so you can't really sit there and... Right, just kind of just veg out for a little bit. Right. There's <clears throat> activity after activity. and You got to uh, have, like, bug spray for the whole place, right? Can you do that? You could. We didn't really do it. I had some off. We sprayed that all over the room, but pissed everybody off because it smelled so bad. Who fucking cares? I know. We, we, we had to because after day one, Mass and I were so jacked up. Um, who cares? I mean, I would, I don't know what it is, but you can, I'm sure, like put other things. Yeah, next year we'll be better about that, trying to clear the, but we turned, do I turn the light on? Because I was watching my phone at night and two mosquitoes land on my phone. I squished them both. Oh my God. Oh, I got them. That was the two. I turned the lights on in the morning. I check around the area and there's like 30 dead bugs in the window seal, like 20 on the other, 20 on the other. No, thank you. So I clean up. Get rid of all the evidence. Oh God, no, thank you. And I start shutting the windows where I think the culprits were. Like, right, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to ban the hatches somehow. Like you can't just let them run rampant. Over no, there. yeah. But it's a. I mean, we went golfing. At, uh, yeah, beautiful. And you also showed me a picture of the lake that you guys were at. Gorgeous, gorgeous lake. Gorgeous, gorgeous lake. lake. So the, many trees the, as well. I so mean, lush. You're in, you're in you are in the woods. It's yeah. like a weird pull off. It's you're camping in the forest. The walks are unreal. I see waterfalls on a date, like a hike that's like 10 minutes from me. Yeah, so cool. The food the food and bar scene there is unreal. We had we ended up oh, having nice. a wine tasting night. Love that. There um, from like a local winery that was unreal, so delicious. Um, had a, like a one-sheet pasta, a lasagna. Okay. I don't know if you've seen that at all. It's like uh, a lasagna noodle. Okay. Their sauce, whatever you do, one more lasagna noodle, toppings, broil it. Gotcha. But cooked pasta noodles, it okay. eats like a cross between like a pizza and a, like a noodle, like a lasagna noodle. Okay. Okay. I see what you're saying. Like crisp on Is the top. Is it almost like a baked ziti in a, in a way? Yeah, but not- it's like a huge lasagna noodle. Okay. Gotcha. Interesting. Uh, it was so fire. Um, the soft serve. <laughs> Just go to town My on that. My God. <laughs> <laughs> is a real issue. I got soft serve every day. Sometimes I got it twice a day. I mean, if, if it's that hot, I mean, and you're going out to the lake and you're hanging out, and you know, ice cream just hits different when you're like in 90 degree heat. Totally, and the lake's right there. So the Vavrox and um, Mass and all bring their stuff to blow up their paddle boards and this raft they bought, mm-hmm. and I don't touch any of it. I don't trust any blow up thing with my body weight out there. That's totally, I mean, that's fair. It's just blow up stuff. So, like, yeah, it's like, even though, like, I got told, like, the blow up paddleboard is 500 pounds, I'm out there and it's bobbing. One, wait, it's a, it's a paddleboard? Yeah. That's inflatable? Inflatable. How do you even stand on it? It inflates to, like, a certain PSI. It was actually a lot more sturdy than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Okay. Um, but, you know, they're like, oh, you can do it. It's 500 pounds. I'm like, likely story. I get out there and I'm like sitting there. One, blown out of your drum, no balance. Yeah, that's I true. Can, like I'm gonna fall off that thing and I can't fall off it multiple times. And so, you know, I usually hang out with Hendrix on the beach and I kind of just sit on the water. Right. And that kid goes, tries to drink all of Shuttle Lake. 
<laughs> I mean, he he tries to drink all of the water. I mean, and also he's just obsessed with it over there. Uh, just to continue, uh, some of the, I'm gonna just highlight a couple more stories after this. I painted the picture, but organ people, I'm talking to all of you. You're weird. <laughs> organ people are weird. How do you How do you mean? I will I will explain. Okay. Um. <clears throat> so, all trip. I'm stressed out about Hendrix. He um, for whatever reason, when he gets out there. He's, he loves the water. He's a freak for a pool. Like, gotcha. Like, he'll be in a pool for four and a half, five hours. Wow. Like, loves the water. Just, well, if you let him out, like, all 4th of July, he's in and out. To the point where he makes himself sick and he's, like, pooping everywhere. <laughs> and um, I got so concerned with it, like, because if you drink too much water, you get water toxicity. Right. Which is a thing. So I always monitor how Hendrix is doing. And he when he stops drinking everything... In sight, because when he swims, he bites at the water. Right. It's <laughs> dude. It, dude, I'm so stressed out, and he also like gets very protective over the other dogs, and so he lunges random dogs and right. barks at everything. He's a little. He's got his. He's such a chiller at home. Right. He's so mild tempered, and then you go get him outside the house, and it is like a free for all game out there. Yeah, like everything. Everything's a toy, and everything's fun. Yes. And he's very protective. Oh yeah. And but he, he could he could not be any nicer when you like see him. Just at the hang house. out here. Yeah. Like when he's in his zone, he's good. Even outside, like if he knows him or he's at like totally. my family's house, totally. he's gotten better. But like I'm talking random areas like that, no chill. Right. Kid's <laughs> got no chill to his game. Um especially if we're at a party, like he is hanging out with everybody. Right. He wants you to go pet him. He wants to roam around. He's having a time too. Right. He's like just like me. He wants to go shake up the room a bit. Um, but every organ person, every day I did this with Hendrix, because I had like a huge leash, like a 20 yeah. foot leash. And I just let the kid go. Right. And if he drinks water, I gave up on it because I can't stop him. Like, right. I've tried. Of course. Uh, I monitor him. I take him out of the water. I give him some salt or some like really salty something to help counteract and rehydrate. But organ people all the time came up to me and were like, do you know your dog can get really sick from drinking too much water? I'm like, yes. <laughs> And they got like a nose ring in and like half their head shaved. Right. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know. I, I, I got know. it. Thank you. And they just see me coming down. Everyone has like an attitude. Also, every time. Really? Yeah, dude. Every time Oregon people ask you where you're from, you don't want to say California because you know it's going to be like, that sucks or I'm sorry for you. They're very entitled to where they live. And also, Oregon's just a shitty California. I'm going to put it there. Sorry about it. They got three good cities. They got Sisters, they got Bend, and they got Portland. And that's it. There you go. I mean, I'll get, I'll raise you San Francisco, San Diego, and Los Angeles. Yeah, that's a really good, that's a really good three right there. And you can hold on to that. Right. You want trees? We got it. Northern California. Right. <laughs> you want the beach? We have 20,000. 20, I do want to go to Portland because it looks dope. It's a great place. It looks the dope. people out there are just different. And if you've ever seen Portlandia or you've lived in Oregon, like, you know what I'm talking about. Like, all the people that were super nice to us we met were all California people or not from Oregon. Gotcha. Like, when we talked to a true person from Oregon, like, we're at our wine tasting and they're, we're sitting there and these people start interrupting us because I ask everyone what type of donut they would be if they were a donut. 
Great and, question. And we're very, the, very valid question. And everyone's, you know, lighting, lighting the table up. <laughs> you know, my father-in-law being old-fashioned. I'm a maple glaze. You know, we're going. Right. This organ couple <laughs> wants to chime in. Super weird. She looks like a pigeon. She chimes in. <laughs> she <laughs> looks like a pigeon. She, chim- she chimes in where I don't need her to. We try to ignore her and move on. Right. And they ask us where from. So now I'm the only one engaging with them. Right. I've got now, locked in. Yeah, of course. Because I'm a donut question guy. The, so they want to talk to me. The line is hooked. Right. Here. So they ask us where they're from. I'm like, oh, we're from Southern California, Orange County. I go, oh, I'm so sorry about that. But I have a brewery in Orange County, which is like, of course you do. You hate living there, but you'll do business there just fine. That is the weirdest <clears throat> follow-up statement of yeah. all time. It's like, oh, I'm sorry. And then we heard that multiple times. And the fact it was like the balls of the people right. to say that. Right. To my face. Like, just like, like is- oh, I'm sorry. Like, we're going to agree with them. And we're like, oh, yeah, we, we like it out here, too. Like, not like, I love, Mass and I, like, we love living in California. And we it's hard for us to see us living anywhere else. But, so... It's just such a weird thing to just fire off right when you meet someone. Right. It's just so strange. And we, you know, we did rafting down the, down Bend River, which yeah. is like two and a half hour raft down there. Great. Gorgeous over there. You were showing me a couple of pics, but like, that's just such a, yeah, that's, I can't get over that. And then, but they do, they'll have a brewery down in Orange County as well. Right. So it's just like, that doesn't make any sense to me. It's just all, um, they're just back. I have another crazy story, which is going to blow your mind here. Okay. So... Um, we were after like the rafting, it was Jake and Alana's last day and we decided we were going to, um, start to play board games and hang out. We do, we do. So we're in the clubhouse. They have AC there. We're playing Uno. We're having a jolly good time. We're drinking. Nice. And this couple behind us. Great board games and drinks. That always right. gets people going. There's like 15 or 20 people in this like clubhouse and, uh, a random couple shows up. Okay. And they walk into the front of the clubhouse okay. and they go, hello, friends, out loud. To everyone. This is like an no open, one knows them. No open one knows room, them. right? Open room. Okay. There's Very a bar. Strange. People are coming in ordering food. Okay. <laughs> hello, friends. And it's a girl. Imagine a girl from Oregon. Imagine a dude from Oregon. That's what you got. You know, like weird clothing items. They look dirty. You know, right, I mean, right, <laughs> like right, whatever right. organ people. <laughs> um, and she goes, hello, friends. I just want you to, you know, our son just turned one yesterday. And then he's holding a drumstick at this kid. Like, you know, he's just hanging out. Not going to remember this. Just turned one yesterday. And, you know, we just wanted you to all join us in singing him happy birthday. If you could, and we'll share some cake with you. And I'm sitting here like this is the most organ shit I've ever seen. <laughs> If I walked up to anywhere in California into any sort of restaurant and it's like, hello, friends, everyone would be like, this guy better give us all money. Like, like what? Well, who does he think he is walking in here right. like this? Or I just immediately think, dude, what is going on? Right. Like, why is this why person is, doing yeah, this? Commanding the room. Right. And then, <laughs> so this so she keeps going and she's like, okay, we're all going to get ready to sing. And my son's name is Socrates. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Always right. Socrates? Like, you are begging for attention. That kid has terrible karma coming his way. I mean, he's one years old. He's banging on a drum. Like, this kid. And you could tell their parents are just so fake, but, like, so in love with him 
and like uh like I'm like wow this is just weird um, like kind of like hippie drum right spiritual so thing like some going stuff on. I'm just not used to yeah um and so we all sing Socrates a happy birthday did you chime in uh I mean I sung happy birthday right I yeah. mean I'm I'm in it now right. happy birthday you know all of it all the Socrates I don't know if I'd join in I mean I, there was cake on the line I sung. <laughs> and there's only 15 people in there's here, right? That's true. And there's so only- if it was like 60 or 70, wouldn't have sang. Right, that's but true. But like she's like an icon, and we, she steps right in front of our table. So I'm looking at her like dead in the eye. And so if I go like, no, I'm not singing your son happy birthday, then I look like a huge dick. Right. <laughs> I can't do that, you know? Yeah, um, and cake is also on the line. Cake is on the line. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and so we sung him happy birthday and, uh, the cake, I mean, Socrates awful name, best cake I've ever had. Really? Uh, Unreal. Okay. (laughs) So it was was worth it for that. Oh my God. The golf was unreal. The whole trip was amazing. I ran, ran it on too much, but, um, with this, but it was just a really great trip. The golf, I played my father-in-law match play. We played straight up. Really cool. Nice. Um, and it was that same course you guys played that you played last year, but didn't like, quite finish. finish right? Yeah, it's called Glazed Meadow. It's like one course re- redesign of the year for public in yeah. Oregon one year. Really cool. Uh, the front nine was, again, amazing. Um, we played straight up. We also were the first tee time out, which was I've never done before. That's they let nice. us out super early. Because it was just you two, right? It was just us two. So we played. We were playing so fast, we were catching up to the guy watering the green. Wow. We finished around in like three hours and 20 minutes and we were waiting for people and we grabbed a breakfast burrito. Wow. We were waiting for gardeners on some holes and grabbed some food. That's crazy. We would have finished around in like three hours, no problem. If that wasn't the case, um, because we were doing match play and one of us would blow a hole and the other one would be like, all right, let's just get going. Sure. Like we were just playing golf just to be out there and enjoy it. But I shot like an 89. Oh, nice, dude. And my father-in-law shot an 82. Whoa. Yeah. So he was up. Big dog swinging. He, I mean, he dude doesn't mess up. It's down the middle. And if you're wondering where the shot's going to be, it's either going to be short or down the middle. Right. <laughs> and his chip game, he's got hands of a surgeon. And he can putt half, like, pretty good from, like, 10 feet and out. And when he gets into that three-foot mark where he normally lacks it, it's just automatic for him. Yeah, so he's always two-putting. Like five or six feet is more tougher for him than like a 10-footer, he says. Because mm, it's he, the one he's supposed to make. Right. Yeah. And um, and he, so playing him, I, it's tough for me. So I was down four through the front nine. Yikes, dude. Damn, I, I mean, the man's, the man's playing really well. Yeah, and I ended up pushing him. I won four on the back. <laughs> oh. He didn't get one from me. Wow, dude. Yeah, so I won three off the start. I went par, par, par immediately. Back three holes. Nice, dude. I was in the flow state. Yeah, was that, is that right? I never felt like I was in the zone before, but I felt it. That's so cool. Like, Isn't it weird golf. how you can just like, you, you know what I'm talking about where right. it's like, Hit a really solid drive. Uh-huh. Hit a solid approach shot. Right. Look from 20 feet, two putt, get out of there. I mean, I'm walking up and like solid drive, dime me three wood, 15 feet, two putt out of there. Right. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Par three is hitting them every time. Yeah, that's nice. So I go like par, 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 triple, bogey, par, par, or oh, something. Oh, great. And the triple, you probably just... we. I think I lost and I won... 
Oh, um, like one, two more or something. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, because he went bogey on 18 and I parted. Yeah. I don't know. It's And then how long did it last for, that flow state? Four or holes. Like, yeah. It's not that long. No, that's the issue. It's like I, I'm like, okay, well, I know what it feels like to get there. Is after watching all these sports documentaries, um, like, you know, the uh, point uh, break point, um, I'm trying to, like, work on my, like, athlete brain. That's why I think athletes transition to life so well because, like, the mental aspect of what they're doing is so transferable to everything else. Sure. That, like, I'm trying to get more, like, thinking like a pro athlete, like, okay, how did I get to this flow state? What did I, like, what was my mental like beforehand? What was I thinking about? Why, why did it happen? Because I know you like to think it just happens by accident, but it's not. If something clicks and you change something. I, I get to the perfect amount of buzzed. Yeah, and you hold the buzz. <laughs> That's how I get in my flow state. Uh, I think, I don't know, I think I was just thinking clearly. Like, the yeah. voices weren't very loud in my head on what, should I hit this club? I have an uphill lie. Can you hit this shot? I do not think you can hit this shot. It was Maybe just very much like point it, and shoot. Yeah, it's like uh, you're just in tune with what's right. going on. And it just felt like my swing was there. But, yeah, I did, you know, golf was amazing. Got home the 4th of July, uh, before the 4th of July. And uh, had a great 4th of July, which 4th of July to me should just be like good old-fashioned barbecue and pool Nothing and bed. Else. At around 9 or 10 o'clock for me. Yeah, it doesn't need to be extra special. Like, it doesn't need to be like, let's go and do this, do that, go to the beach. Eh, that's like the one weekend to actually avoid the beach. Oh, like, my I don't, God. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't know why people will try to go to the beach on 4th of July. But then the beach is never an option any other weekend. That's never, kind of counterintuitive ever. if like, if I say so myself. I would never. I went to the 4th of July beach thing one time. In like my teenage years, and I told myself never again. Yeah. <laughs> Haven't looked back since. Never again. We um, went over to um, the bay over in Long Beach, but that wasn't on the fourth. That was on like the second of July, right? And that that's was better. And there was nowhere near the amount of people that were like the out fourth of July thing because everyone just does fireworks over the ocean here. Yeah, right. you can sit on like one beach in Huntington and you get a crazy fireworks show. It's it's I've, always I've like never done it before. Never, neither have I. I knew Drake, one of our buddies, had a balcony overlooking the fireworks show that looked great. Oh, that's fire. Which is cool. Like, and I have, I live in Santa Ana essentially. Like, I'm right on the border of right. Preston and Santa Ana. And fireworks are illegal, legal in Santa Ana. Yep. So, like, right across from your place to my old apartment in Santa yeah. Ana, like the apartments I was living in, mm -hmm. like, fireworks in the parking lot was fine. But like yeah. one block over wasn't cool. Yeah, it's crazy. There um, were fireworks going off for hours that we heard over the weekend, dude. Hours. I mean, my apartment looked like it was a parade last night, last year we were there. <laughs> it was yeah. started at like eight at night and went to like two in the morning. Yeah, it was crazy. I mean, I walked in, I was like, we fireworks are going off basically under a mass in my car like last year. And I'm like, I got to go see this because there's pregnant women right out there. Light and fireworks, send them huge ones <laughs> off. Like, the, and the, it gets scary because some of them are duds, and that's when the that's when the fun stops for a second, right? Because someone's got to run over and kick it over or do something, and it's never, you know, it's never no one really sure thing. never really ever volunteers for that, right? Of course. And so one guy runs over, kicks it over, doesn't go off. He stomps on it, doesn't go off. 
and then you like run off, you know, and throw it away or it's, whatever. I think that's kind of the excitement of it. Oh, I mean, that's terrifying. Can you what, imagine do you, blowing do you off actually, a finger for fireworks? Yeah, that that wouldn't be ideal. That would be really tough. Like that, that is terrifying. But you don't. I guess you don't think about that. Is it really going to do that much damage? Dude, people blow off fingers all the time with fireworks. Really? All the time. It's like their top injury for Fourth of July are hand injuries. Why are people doing fireworks? I see. I don't understand the appeal really. I don't Firework, either. Fireworks are not really for me. That's why I thought I, and like you know, I connected the dots. I'm like, maybe people just like the feeling that they're just blowing something up because they don't. They they look cool. Right. They look nice. I just, I just, I've don't, seen I just them. don't need the full on Disneyland firework parade. Like, I, it doesn't do like, oh, that's 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 pretty. Right. I mean, I'm with you. It's just, um, it's and, not my favorite thing anymore. But it's cool. Like, I just need to see a couple. Just I'm, a couple for me is, is good. Just check that box. I don't need it to be some form of you know crazy firework show, right. fifteen minute show. My like, dad was into fireworks a lot. Yeah. You know what? I saw the Sandlot. Like a clip recently of them running through yeah, yeah, what Fourth yeah. of July was like. Yeah, you sent that to me. And I was like, "That's what Fourth of July used to feel like." Yeah, and it does not feel like that anymore. This like, I don't know, like where everyone's kind of just chill. It's Fourth of July. It's like a it used to be like a red, like you know, hold up the flags. Everyone's chilling out, and there mm -hmm. used to be like people running on the streets. I don't really feel that's the thing anymore. No, but you know, I didn't spend you know as much money. Out, the, out in Oregon, you know, uh, as, like, I thought I was going to. And, okay. you know, one of the things that did help me was tipping. Ooh. Okay. You know? um, yeah, let's roll into this one right here. I just, you know, recently have been trying to avoid DoorDash and, like, food delivery stuff and picking things up. Yep. And I'm realizing I was tipping these pickups, like, three, four, five bucks a pickup. And I thought to myself... Why would I tip this person? Do they serve me anything out of the usual? Do they bring me water? Do they do anything? Or do they just do their job? It's a very valid point. Did they just... Because I don't get tipped for making a sale, which I haven't done yet. But <laughs> if I did, I would... I don't get a tip. Like, it's a service, right? It's like, a service. Like, you don't tip the mechanic. Right. I mean, there is labor involved, but like that's already built into the cost. That's their price, and I'm well, sure that's the same way for, you know, Grubhub, Postmates, that kind of. And thing. Well, also, that's the culture we grew up in. If you're in New York, you tip everybody, you grace everyone. Yeah, and I don't understand how people do that. Like, I would, it's so expensive, like alone just handling all that stuff. But I'm officially on. But also, if you go overseas, dude, you don't tip ever, and they get offended. Yeah, like what is what is this actually? They don't understand what right. you're doing because they pay them like a livable wage, right? Their economy's uh, not fucked like ours. No, their economy's effed, but they well, pay people. Well, they are too. Yeah, um, but you know, I just I'm not tipping these people anymore, man. Am you're I not going to do like you know, yeah, okay, you get keep a going. buck maybe from me now. Okay, if you're doing like pickup orders, if I'm picking the food up, yeah, and I'm driving there. And I'm picking the food up. Yeah. You're getting a dollar from me. I will. Here's where I go. Big. And it, I don't I don't know why. It just, it doesn't really seem right to me. But this is just how I guess I justify it as well. Like, if I order Chipotle on the app, mm -hmm. I'm not tipping. 
big corporations, it's tough for me to like tip. If I'm going to go and pick up food from like our favorite Mexican food spot that we would, went to like in Long Beach, yes. right? I'm tipping two or $3 actually for picking up. That's pretty good. Family owned, right? Two bucks. Right. That- you get two burritos or something like that. I'll, I'll throw $2 in there. For like the family owned, like our favorite little like, that makes a lot of sense. I, I guess I didn't really think of it like that, but at this point, I w- I'm you're done. hurting just as much as that person back there right now. So that's, I'm like, that's fair. Like I, you know, maybe when I get some more cash, you'll see some more cash flow, and I'll make it up to the person, yeah. you know, down the line. But right now, by picking the food up, you you provided a service, for right? Me. <laughs> well, the budget's tight. The budget is always tight. Yeah. And it's like weddings and what? There's all days and whatever. Yeah. There's always things that you need to spend your money on that is not really in the budget. And so you got to squeeze elsewhere. And it's tough because there's other things where like you're going to a wedding, like you got to go and provide gifts or you're doing something nice for your mom and dad. Maybe you get flowers for them because they're having you over for dinner and a bottle of wine. Like those are all the things that just kind of tack on, tack on, but you don't don't quite uh, really account for. But this is another little tipping thing that I wanted to touch on as well. And what really kills me is sometimes I'll like, yeah, do the whole order at the counter, right? And they're still like bringing you the food. Like let's say you're at like a um, Baja Fish Tacos or something like that, right. right? Like an order at the counter, sit down. They're still providing a service. There's a salsa bar, that kind of stuff. That's also where I'll tip like another maybe like 10%, you know, two, three bucks. You're you're a much two nicer bucks. man than me. If I'm in a restaurant. If it's a restaurant, but they're not, it's not a server, right? Then I'll, then I'll still tip like a dollar or two. Yeah. I get you. But what hurts me the most is when it's a nice dinner. Let's say we're going to Mastro's. Yeah. And like it's a. Which is overrated and sucks. Let's just say we're going there. Let's Mm -hmm. just follow follow along here and and walk with me where you're going to celebrate your two year anniversary. You go to Mastro's. Uh You spend $225. Right. You're expecting to throw out a 50 after you. That's 20%. Yeah, that's see, that's, I, that's where that, I that's where I tip. That's where I do not tip twenty yeah. percent. I still go like, like I'll go like twelve, fourteen, fifteen. If it the bill's that high, <laughs> I'm not paying you fifty dollars because you're doing the same thing. Right? Why should it? It should be like a flat rate almost. I like that, or like a cap. Like a cap. There's no rules on that thing. You can throw. I it know. Out. I know. But like like an unspoken rule that says, you know, make sure to tip a minimum of if it's a $200 bill, you you should at least throw 20 bucks. And if it's over $200, then, you know, we'll we'll be fine with anything over 20, but like we'll take 20 because we understand. Right. right. You know, like that's, that's where it's I'm always at with 12%, it. I think is the minimum 15, 15%. Yeah. That's like the unspoken line eight. Okay. And then like 18 is like, you did a good job. 20% is like you did a great job. That's yeah. what I, that's what I've always heard. That's a good way of doing it. But like if the bill's two twenty five, and I, and I got to shell out 50 more dollars and you filled up my water twice and brought my appetizer and entree. I don't know, dude, that's a lot of money. And yeah. like they're sitting on eight other tables, let's just call it. Yeah. <laughs> like it's an hour and a half dinner. You're getting $50 for, and eight tables. Like that's a 
good paycheck. Yeah, you're getting paid. Well. I know it's I know it's split amongst everyone, but like I get what you're saying. Yeah, it's a lot of money. It's because it's so funny because I'm different in that aspect. Where like if it's some local mom and pop, you're right. I'll give them a couple bucks, but yeah, for these like new things I'm doing, like these new restaurants, like whatever, like like you said, CPK or Chipotle, yeah, they're they're getting stiffed. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm with you. I'm with you. Which you know is rough, but it happens because I'm not made of money like these tennis players are oh yeah these boys throw money at everything well unless they're the top unless they're the uh top players if you're not you're struggling though. you're struggling yeah uh, but i assume the i haven't really seen much of the sponsorships but i'm getting more and more into tennis after watching this uh Breakpoint yeah, doc dude. on netflix which is basically their drive to survive it's full swing for golf yep um I think we've touched on it before because we really loved it the first five episodes. But right. the next five episodes came out week, two weeks ago. I, I mean, these episodes, I binged watched in two nights. And that, that's that's rare for me. I finished it in like three because I slowed myself down every once in a while. Um, just some great stories there. And just seeing how these people work and their mindset and... It's just so different from a team sport and the pressure they put on them, put on themselves. Even when they're world number one, they're still struggling with like, now I feel like everyone's trying to catch me instead of me right. chasing something. I'm right. being chased. And it's so true because everyone wants to beat the one seed. Everyone. Right. Everyone's going to bring their game. They have nothing to lose and they're going to throw everything they can at you because they want to prove that they're the best. And it's just... The way they handle themselves. Also, I was talking about this with somebody else. Um, tennis players' attitudes are just so strange. They are very out of the box. They're very out of the box people. Yeah. I, I think you have to be a psycho to want to play that much tennis. Dude, it's so much. It's the same thing over and over. It's And it's exhausting. And it looks like the most tiring thing I've ever seen in my life. The hey, amount you, of like running, you and get some sliding. Of the, yeah, and you get some of these matches that last like five hours long, you know, and it's like 80, kill me. It's like eighty eight degrees outside on asphalt, and you're like, right. dude, that looks awful. And like some of these matches when they're done, I'm like these people must just go home and sleep like you've never slept before. Yeah, but here's the thing: is that they will go and hop on a bike and then they got to do physio and then they got to do rehab. Right. It like, just shows you like the true, how much an athlete really has to take care of their body to be even ready to go to play tennis the next day. Sometimes they get two days off. Yeah. And like, how it'll much, be like, like an every other day. They, even after losses and you're pissed and you don't have to like take care of your body technically the next day, they run off and they have their full post game breakdowns on a bike while he's pedaling. Yeah. Then they got, if they win, it's like, okay, hurry it up. We got to, like, get you ice. We got to go get food. We got to get some sleep. We got to, like... Right, and we got to be back here. I forget what episode that was. Was that the... Uh, that was Taylor Fritz, right? Yeah, Taylor Fritz. Because he won in, like, the ATP finals or something right. like that, that first match. And then he had, like, the super late match, like, at 8 o'clock or something like that. He they, wins that one. Yeah, and they said that they figured... Or, sorry, they went on at 10 right? 10 p.m. was that match. And right. then they were like getting done at 3 a.m. in the morning. And so like after he's done with all of that, it's like 5, 6 a.m. in the morning after they like... And he's got to be back in like eight hours. Right. And that's to me just like I just played kickball on the, <laughs> on the third. Yeah. yeah. And I'm unbelievably sore. Yeah. 
my my shin was cramping. <laughs> uh, my my leg hurt. Like I turned thirty and my body was like, "We're good, we've done it." Right. I'm like, "What do you mean now?" Like I feel like I'm mentally still a 22 year old guy. Sure. Sure. But 30, my body started, dude, I, my shin's still cramping. And I, it's like this muscle right mm. right in the front of the shin, but I'm just massaging in pain. God. I'm just, you know. Yeah, it's just like looking at them do all of that rehab and play. It's just it's just crazy. How do you get back and just go do it again against like the top player and you got to bring it? Right. You play it against Alcaraz and you know every single shot you're going to hit, he's almost going to get a racket on it. Yeah. So like there's no like easy powerball match that you might be able to squeak out with no conditioning you're gonna run mm -hmm. the whole time and the fact that he's able to do it and sprinting all over the place his game is built on athleticism it's i can't crazy. i can't imagine like if i'm gonna be a professional tennis player let's just say hi you know just hypothetically hypothetically speaking my game ain't gonna look like alcaraz my game gonna look like Djokovic or federer just wear you down just be as consistent as possible. Picking swinging. and choosing your spots. Yeah. Picking and choosing my spots. I'm not built to just sprint all over the court. I don't know how anyone is. No chance. It's so hard on your knees and their body. They're flying around. And yeah. It's surprising they don't have a lot of, like, from what I understand, like, shoulder injuries. I'm sure there's, like... They do have some shoulder injuries, but, you know, they just... I think they just deal with it as I well. Just, but it's, not, like, it's not like throwing a baseball. Yeah, it's not the same. It's not the same like torque or like the weight or stress on your elbow. Like they do it, you know, if a baseball player threw as much as a tennis player hits, their oh, arm would fall off. Yeah, would be for so sure. So it's, it's a very repetable, like repeatable motion that seems like a lot of players can do for a long period of time. It's like an extension this way. You know what I mean? It's like instead of like a lateral horizontal like movement where like they're putting a lot of stress on their elbow this way. Tennis players are kind of up and do like they do like a tricep extension to the ball. Yeah, it's and so it's maybe that like is a weird elbow thing. It takes it takes that out of the equation. Like the whippiness of like those yeah probably yeah I think so. Do it. I think because there's there's not a lot. There's more knee and back and right. ankle injuries in tennis for sure for good reason too. But I mean, yeah, you bring up a good point. They're swinging the racket overhead. So many times, even like sideways through their body, they're doing it, and it's because they're getting their body into it a lot. I think, yeah. and, the, and the arms follow. They get a lot of wrist injuries. Yeah, that's what they do. They get a lot of wrist injuries. Yeah, they do, and it's just interesting that their bodies can handle that wear and tear. It's such a great talk. If you haven't seen it, it's just great for the men mental too. Just like seeing how like these people fight, and they're like, "I'm just not going to give this point up," and they just something switches in them, and they figure it out. It's something that I try to bring in my own it's personal fun. life. It's good strategy. It's like good, like they're faced with a huge obstacle and they have to like figure out a way around it. Yeah. Always. And it's just um, them versus the world too. Yeah. And if it's, and if they don't, then they just, they get embarrassed out there and then they feel like they want to retire and quit because they can't do it and they can't figure it out. So it's, it's very, tough. it's, it's a struggling thing because if you're not winning, which doesn't happen very often, you're like hardly ever winning like the whole tournament. So you just feel like you're never good enough. It's like also another crazy thing as well. It's, um, it just shows you how hard that sport is to like get to the top echelon. And I think that's why it also translates for yeah. us because golf is very much the same. And someone who hasn't won in a long time, Ricky Fowler, finally got a win after I don't know how many years. Yeah, four like, years. It was the last time he won at the Waste Management back in 2019. So four years. 
five months or something like that. I thought it was longer than that. No, I no. thought it was like thirteen years or something. No, 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 like four years. Okay. No, yeah, not that long. He's only like thirty three or something like that. Wow, it's crazy. I 34. feel like I've been watching golf since I was like a two year old watching yeah. play. <laughs> he he hasn't it hasn't been that long. It was like twenty nineteen. It was the, so cool to waste see him management. Play. But um yeah I got to watch a good chunk of it dude. It was so cool. Um can you describe to me what happens on 18? Because I didn't get to watch that. I didn't get to see any highlights of what actually happened on 18. So what ha- you want regulation? So regulation, I'll give you a quick rundown of, of the significance. Yeah, I, I only got saw bits and pieces because I was in the middle of nowhere. So Ricky Fowler was in the final group. Yeah. And he was obviously like, you know, had that lead. Um, is playing really well in the front nine and is like has like a two-shot lead like going into the back. We're going to just run with that. I don't remember exactly what it is, but he's playing really well, like at 24 under. And he ends up like kind of struggling a little bit, like doesn't birdie the par five, doesn't birdie the other par five on the back nine. And it's like rattling off like seven straight pars while like the other guys are just going. Yeah, going low, like capitalizing on the par five. So now he's like a shot down going into hole 18. And he's just kind of missed, like, you know, a couple easy birdie putts. Not easy, but, like, 12, 15-footers. Like, you should be able to, like, roll those in. He saw the line perfectly where someone actually made the putt right before him, moved his marker back on that line, and, like, missed that one from, like, a closer distance. So lots lots of meat left on the bone, which I was like, shit, dude. Like, he's not going to be able to pull this off. Right. Um. And also, he, like, sprays his tee shot, like, way to the right. Oh, wait. Sorry, way to the left, actually, on 18 is, like, in the first cut okay. of, of like, the, the semi-rough. And I was like, okay, that, that's kind of nice. Like, he kind of shortened down the hole. And then he stiffs one to, like, three and a half feet on 18. Whoa. Yeah, dude. And there's only been seven birdies there all day. And he hits a monster drive over the left trees. Right. And then stiffs like three and a half feet, throws a dart, taps in for birdie. We're going to sudden death here over oh, time. Oh, thank God. Really cool. With who? You remember? Um, Morikawa. Okay. Um, truth be told, dude, I like, I actually got kind of pissed because I woke up at like, you know, and then checked my phone like a couple hours later and it was like 1145. And then they had Ricky Fowler wins. And I was like, how was the tournament over already? That's crazy. They started earlier because it was going to be raining later in the day. Oh, I saw that too. It was like yeah. Ricky Fowler wins. I'm like, how, yeah, yeah, yeah. how did that happen? So I, I wasn't paying really good attention to it. And I, dude, I'm blanking on the other guy's name. That's okay. Oh, Adam Hadwin. Nice He's Canadian. Yes. Um, The dude that got tackled on the 18th. Grade. Yeah. <laughs> so then they're going to OT. Both Adam Hadwin and Maury Cower just pipe one down the middle on 18. Playing the same hole, right? They throw, and Ricky's way far off to the right, like hits it over the trees and is like almost in the hospitality area, dude. But he's in rough that's actually been trampled on so much and he gets a great lie down grain, but he's still like 185 yards out and throws another dart seven iron to like 10 feet and you're like this man is on fire he deserves to win this now he goes from not being able to win it to like he should deserve to win this thing he needs it no yeah if there's ever a chance if he doesn't execute here he's not gonna win for a while it could shake him up mentally for a bit 
Patrick Cantley, or sorry, uh, Morikawa throws a great shot, but like one, one, like one hops into the rough and he takes him out of, takes himself out the hole. Adam Hadwin throws a dart, but because it's at the middle, middle in the fairway, mm-hmm. it's got a lot of spin on it. It rips to like 15 or 20 feet away from the cup. Ricky's on the same line as him, but like 10 feet closer. So Adam Hadwin misses his putt. And then Ricky rolls in the 10 footer for the championship. What happened to the bunker? What bunker? Rookie hits into a bunker and saves. Oh, that it. was on like 12. Okay. That, that was, was like the 12. heroic shot. Yeah, yeah. That was, was like the save of the day. Okay. Yeah, like the Geico save of the day or whatever. That was him on 12 or 13. I'm so glad Ricky got a win there with that wonky looking putter, too. It's funny because me and I. We'd have multiple discussions about driving, you know, for show and putt for no. Mm-hmm. And how, like, this is, you know, our golf fandom kind of kicked up right around the DeChampo era. I would say, like, really heavily, like, for sure. following everything. Both have custom clubs. That club. was, um, that was, I, I think that also just kind of coincided with COVID, right? Because right. you're like, that golf is one of the first sports to come back because it's very isolated. It's always outside, big open spaces. I think it that, makes also, sense. that also kind of contributed to it, right? Where it that's does. the only thing we could do. And so it, it, they uh, kicked up our fandom to like a, a different level um, because of COVID, not because of the shampoo. And he <laughs> was doing bomb, uh, bomb and gouge. Right. It was like supposed to be the next big thing in golf. Like he's going to just blow over. He's going to hit 400 yards. Doesn't matter where he hits it. And he's just going to have enough strength and like you, mobility in his wedges just to get him out of trouble. He just thinks that, you know, Augusta is like a par 68 course, you know, like he's just throwing out crazy numbers like that. Yeah. We're like no golf course is long enough for me now. And he comes out, wins one. Everyone gets a little worried because of course you shouldn't be able to bomb and gouge. Yeah. The U S open, which is, you know, Beth page black, I think is where they played. Mm-hmm. And, um, forgot where I was going with this, but. It's the whole uh, putt, oh, right. putt for dough situation. Right. Here. And he, you know, his driver he was using didn't get really popular. The way he was swinging the driver, people tried to do but couldn't rep- replicate. And it didn't really catch fire in, like, the golf community besides, like, talking about it. And because you just couldn't replicate 400 yards. But putting has this, like, upper echelon, I think, mm-hmm. where if a putter gets really hot and everyone's winning with a certain putter, Everyone will go buy it. So now this player that they're using, which is like a Callaway something. It's like a, yeah, it's like a mallet odyssey. It's like some a, weird it's, looking. It's also like a weird length. It's like 39 inches. Right. It's not like an interlock. It's not a, and it's just got a long shaft. And it's like a straight shaft to super big, straight grip. super long grip. And then he has like a metric ton of like weight tape at the bottom. I didn't see that. I didn't know he's got that much weight tape under His there. whole bottom of his club is gray from weight tape. Really? And so, like, people... So, you know, Ricky wins with that putter. Wyndham Clark wins with the same putter. First one to win with it. Same thing, same everything. Keegan Bradley wins the next week with it. Right. And they're weight taping all of it. So now it's the thing. You got to get it, but you have to weight tape it. Which I don't, you know, which is crazy. And everyone's selling out on it. I just think it's a good representation that putting is king. And it should always stay king because Scotty Scheffler has had some of the top stats on all categories besides putting. Even though he's finishing top tens, he hasn't won as many as he should have. Right. Because his putting just hasn't gotten them there. 
It's also if he was if his putting was anywhere in the sixtieth or fiftieth range, he'd mm-hmm. be winning a lot of tournaments. But when he's like one twenty five in the field in putting, like one ten in the field in putting, like dude, you're just losing like six strokes of the field in putting. Like that's tough. And he can't even though he's like approach shot, greens hit, greens rag. Like the man, short just game on fire. Yeah, all over the place. Can't dude. putt. And he can't win a tournament. Not saying he's not playing bad. He's playing amazing. He's playing. He's like as close. He's as close to a robot as you could possibly be out there. He's shooting. He's averaging like sixty eight, and his like strokes gain putting is like you know, whatever one ten in the PGA Tour strokes gain, which is like bottom of the barrel. And it's just crazy. It's just crazy. It's unreal that like. You can just be like not that great at putting, and it makes a difference. Because I didn't roll a single putt in, like the last couple of rounds I've played, and I could feel a difference. Like when things start to drop for me, like the six footers start making them. There's some momentum you naturally start picking up for sure, dude. For if you sure. start missing a lot of that stuff, it's just. Uh, you also think about the fact where you know, let's say you don't three putt. And then you don't lose a lot of like uh, you don't have a lot of penalty strokes. Same kind of thing. Your score kind of just miraculously is like as long as you're hitting the ball decent. I seem to always hit like an shoot like an 82 if I like don't have a ton of penalty strokes and my I'm, my putting is like okay to good that day. Right. If you just can putt somewhat decently, like you two putting everything. Right. Like no, but you you start finding some momentum. Right. You like just get it on the green and I can just roll myself out of here two putts right like oh bogey bogey's the worst is going to happen as long as i can just get this on the green because mm-hmm. i'll be fine exactly it's like a special little thing you can do for yourself also um it really all comes down to putting in the last little bit i am big strokes gain like tita green type of thinker and i just it, it is like re- really entertaining to watch the game be played that way but at the end of the day if you're not making the tw- the 10 to 15 foot birdie putts you're never going to win golf tournaments on the PGA Tour. It's so there's something to be there's something yeah there's something to be said about that, especially when it's in a playoff, sudden death. Ricky won that tournament. Like Wyndham Clark won that tournament. Keegan Bradley winning that tournament because they're just rolling the ball really well as well. And you got to come up clutch. And like the last couple of holes, like that's probably your most nervy situation for putting. And if you're not putting well, it really messes with your mental. It's a it feels, total mental game. Yes, it feels like you should be making these, and it's the same. It's the most repeatable stroke in golf for me personally. So when I feel like I'm missing it with my putting, it feels like, well, if I can't putt the ball, how can I swing a driver? How can I hit a wedge? Yeah, like you know, doing my certain things I want to do. But it's so true. Like they always say, it's like a big momentum builder. If you do like you know, if you save par from like six or seven feet. And you're like, yeah, that's a huge momentum builder because you're feeling solid about draining that six or seven footer and no damage was done there. So I totally get it. It's um, it's fun to talk about. I would love to try that putter. I'd love to get it in my hand. It looks super flowy. It looks like it's weighted really well. It looks like it's got really nice feel, touch control, but maybe it's just because they're in the hands of an artist over there on the greens. But not, not like me. Yeah. <laughs> I think it'd be fun to try out. For it sure. doesn't look that ugly because I'm not big on like the big spaceship looking things. I'm not a big spider guy. No, neither am I. Um, but still, it, it, it does look a little bulky, but it's kind of got a little two-tone action on it. So anyways, it's, if you haven't seen it. It'd be interesting to see and try one day. I'm sure they got them somewhere. I'm going to grab yeah. one just to test out. My, my worry is that I like it too much. 
Yeah, no, you're gonna you're gonna come back home and you're gonna realize no 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 I got my baby over there sitting in my bag. How is Ben already feeling? Have you played you played more with it? Is you it- have it, it's catching some fire now. It's it's I'm fully fully back with it. I feel like I played once last week and I didn't drain anything, mm-hmm. but scaring the hole a lot, which and is like, a good feeling, and knocking it you know a foot and a half past. And you're like no big deal. I'm like dude, this is I'm hitting every putt perfect right now. Yeah, that's great. That's always a good feeling because when you get a new putter, there's that like fallout period where you just like lose feeling and touch and then you forget how you were putting. Yeah. I mean, you you said it best. Just putt like you normally do, dude. It's the same putter, but it's just built for you. I'm like, oh my God, why was I not doing that? You forget yeah. like because your putting stroke was so naturally great that like you didn't need to change it up much where my putting stroke was awful and I need like a putter to fit and help me with certain new changes I was making. Yeah, you. I would say your putting drill wasn't awful. You just wanted to make a couple tweaks. Yeah. I haven't, you, I haven't tested my putting stroke in a while. Because when you were first starting out, like your putting was pretty solid, of, you know, when you first started at golf. My putting and chipping was great. Yeah. My long game was awful. Now my long game is better than my short game. And it's never going to line up ever. You just got to ch- keep chasing it, bud. That's the just keep that's chasing the, your that's tail. That's the most psychotic thing about golf. I I would I would have to believe it is it's um definitely is. You know, one other thing I was checking out was I watched a YouTube video on my you know fifteen hour drive home. <laughs> a lot on, of time there. Um, a guy who lost his cash uh, as an athlete and how it happens, and it kept it made me think like how, you know. We're in an age where people are committed so educated on certain things. And how are people losing their money still? And I thought it should be on the league to protect this from happening. Because God, like, if you hand me, Tommy, an 18-year-old kid at that point, $10 million, like, I'm losing 95% of that money at 19 years old. If I if I'm up to my own devices and I don't have people looking over my finances, sure, I, it's gone. You think so? Gone, <laughs> gone. <laughs> no chance. I'm holding on to it. Um, now, if it's just up to my own devices, I I would luckily have things in place for myself where I'd have people who can make decisions for me that are smarter than myself. Yeah, I was gonna say, dude. Don't you think you'd like invested in something? You like you don't. I don't, you don't know. <laughs> I'm not great with money now. I can only imagine 19 year old Tommy how, if he had any sort of money to spend, how yeah, bad he would that's, be. Yeah, that's fair, I guess. But like $10 million is still a lot of money to burn through. I know. I'm not saying I burned through it in a year. It would take me some time. Right. But if you gave me just $10 million at 19 years old, that money would be gone. Yeah. At some, I mean, it'd be faster than you would hope. Sure. I mean, you bring up a gr- you bring up a great point because some of these rookies can sign great contracts. And then you, whatever they, it happens, they get injured. They're done at 25, 26. And then they blew all their cash because they were banking on their next contract to like come through. Or they just made bad, bad financial choices. Right. Now you hear about them like being broke at like 45, 50. Like how did that happen? You made $30 million in your career. How do you lose that much money? Yeah, it's and crazy, dude. I thought it'd be cool if the NBA, NFL, MLB, whoever... When you have a rookie come in who's going to be on your team, your 16-man roster, even your D-League, your feeder league, they have to complete a three- or four-month course, finance course, with your team that's put on by the league. 
and it's mandatory for your rookie to do. One, I think it's a great way to show care to these players. And I'm not talking like belittle them and whatever. I'm talking like give them somebody cool in there who can talk finances and show them like like what a pitch looks like. I wouldn't know at 19 or even now really what, what a, a job pitch or like uh, an investment pitch should look like. It's so true because they don't have any business experience. And then especially at the age of 19 years old, you know, you don't, you don't, know what, you don't know what that looks like. Yeah. You don't know what it is. Like you don't know what a legitimate offer is. Like you don't know, like what's you know, a good investment. Like right. why, why can't I invest in my uncle's $150 million restaurant? Also, why isn't it just taught in schools more? That true. Like that, in general should be happening. Right. But I have, I had one economics class where I like learned two things about the economy and like the stock market. And that was it. Like it should have a full like finance, like show, like have these guys sit in on pitches for investments, have like what it looks like to have somebody do your taxes. Cause these kids aren't doing their taxes. Like what, what a, a normal tax person should show you how you track how they're what they're doing and what they're spending, like, um, and they can phrase it along you know along the lines of, you guys are going to get a lot of money, and there's a reason why we're trying to help you with this. A not, you're getting so you're getting a small business, like a very profitable small business amount of cash, right? Overnight, right? And it's and it's free with you and how you want to invest it, like showing them like you got paid. This is your contract, twenty million dollars. We cal- we contacted your agent. This is his percentage. This is like what an average medium home costs in our area, and show them their like net worth at the bottom of it. Like if you do all this, this is how much you'll have left over. Right, and it's like eighteen point five million dollars. Like, right. Whoa, that's great. Now I'm gonna put ten million of that in investments and other things. Maybe take some of your take care of your family a little bit. Right. And there is much more of an even distribution. Of like things that you can like, you know, show them because I just I wouldn't know what to do. Like, is my agent screwing me? Like, this is how much an agent should be costing you. Like, it should be fifteen percent. If you're they're doing more, you should be looking for other agents. And then have the MBA provide like a list of verified agents that they can trust. Have like the MBA. I'm just using them as an example. Yeah. Give them like a list of financial advisors that are trusted by the NBA that have certain certifications they have to approve for to work with them. And this way, like people and kids who come into these things have like, they don't always have to use them or mandatory, but they at least have an option to go to. Of they course. Can, it's a verified source so they're not getting, you know, jacked up by taxes and you know, their best friends are not coming up to them like, hey, I want to start a clothing brand. Can I have $300,000? And the, and you're like, sure. Like, I already have $40 million, but in reality, you only have whatever, 10. Sure. And you give this guy, keep giving this guy money. Like, you're going to, you lose it quick. Yeah. And you know, you know it's your buddy, so you're investing. 
I just think it'd be smart to have I some mean, sort of... With a lot of money comes a lot of responsibility. If you don't know what to do with that responsibility or you don't know how to handle it, uh, eventually it's just it's going to leave you, you know? And so, I think you'd be interested. Like, if I was a 19-year-old kid and I came up on $20 million and pitch it, like, we're going to make you more money. We're going to show you how your $5 million contract you just signed is going to last you for the rest of your life. You're like, so you'll I'm never in. have to work again. I'm in. If you blow your knee out tomorrow, we're going to show you what you invest in, who you talk to, right? And that five million dollars is going to last you forever. I would be, I would do almost anything for about two, three, four, five million right now. I, Are you, you kidding me? A milli, I like my life. Point nine percent of my problems disappear. My life is turned upside down. It's totally changed. And so, like, if you can imagine, like, getting handed like twenty million dollars, like you, I don't with no clue. Where to start? Yeah, it's crazy. So, I mean, I love the concept for it, dude. And I, also, it would be a, like a, you know, like it's a liability thing with the NBA as well. Like, if you like offer this course, then it's another thing for like, uh, you know, that shows that they are taking care of their players and like trying to look in like the, you know, the best interest for them. Same thing with the, you know, they can do that with the PGA Tour as well and like look after PGA some of their... Tour has an amazing um, retirement fund. They do. <sighs> They do have a really good retirement. It's the fund. best in best in sports. So when they are in a certain amount of league, when they retire, they're like fully, fully taken care of. And also like ninety five percent of them join the seniors tour, and they get to play very casual golf at cool golf courses for cash, and that's super cool because I think it's a very fun thing. It's also like you and I can get into it if you play I, golf well enough at that age. Honestly, dude, that is like the ultimate goal, but those guys are so good still. I'm never going to touch them. I'm never going to. I just, I really, I had that dream five, six years ago, and now that I'm five, six years later down the line, like, I don't play enough. Like, I don't train enough. I don't know what enough about the game. I would have to retire right now and dedicate the next 10 years of my life to play golf. And yeah, maybe I dude. have a shot. It's just crazy though. Like it, they're so good. So, anyways, it's um, it's interesting to think about. And one people who I think are really getting screwed in pro sports uh, is football players. Yeah, why they is need, that? Like they need to figure it out. Like football players either need to start getting paid, like truly getting paid. Yeah, dude, this is this is rough. Like these basketball players, like Dylan Brooks, just signed like a three-year, eighty million dollars something somewhere. Then that guy's not worth eighty million dollars. No, like, not and a there's wide receivers, running backs who are top in the league who aren't making, you know, yeah, they're making like five mil a year. Like, and that's and crazy. Like, yeah, that's still. I mean, it's still a ton, a ton of money, but a ton of money, but not like not NBA I get money. Basketball numbers are different. So if you can't take them care of them financially, because it's just so many bodies, the benefits should be. All time. Like, they should never have to worry about money again once they retire. Their pensions should be amazing. And their medical should be all class. Yeah. Five stars. Especially if it's the NFL, right? Like, you're right. going to do, like, you know, you're putting your body on the line and it's a lot of, you know, head injuries, CTE, all you that You got to take stuff. care of every single... Start yeah. your own wing of hospitals, which will generate more money for yourself. And everyone didn't have it like be a hogue in Newport, just five star. And if any player wants to go there, they get to go there for free. And There's their already family gets to go for free. It's so crazy talking about this though. Like, don't they have enough money? 
though at the same time. Yeah, but they shouldn't. It shouldn't. I think when you're in the league for 15 years, you're gonna have body injuries that are irreversible. That are gonna that be are like painful. damaging forever. Yeah. And should you have to spend two million dollars? For like experimental surgeries and bills, and some of yeah. these guys are dealing with like head injuries. They have to go like to MRIs four times a month. You know, what I mean, like, sure, not, like sorry, four times a year, sure. and like, I just think it'd be cool for the NFL. I don't that. think that money will ever get to that place for you know certain positions. But to to know that, I feel like a tra- like a you know a Kelsey brother. Um could have medical health for him and his kids for the rest of his life just to remove that like worry makes things i think really great so that's a good point i think it's also one of these things where teams or rookie contracts or the nfl needs to re-manage some of like the contracts and it needs to be different for each position right and so hear me out here because we were talking a little bit about how running backs are becoming obsolete right now yeah it's run back by committee it's by committee and it's like you know what we'll just get up you know we'll just get a third fifth round draft pick running back we'll pay him you know the fifth round draft pick contract rookie contract we'll sign him for four years max deal of whatever four years four million dollars and then like you know they're getting a really good running back in his prime for four years and he's getting paid a million dollars and let's say that player is Saquon Barkley. Actually, let's say that's he's too good, right? Because he would have gotten more money in the first place. But, you know, he's a prime example right now, so we'll it's use him. New, yeah. We'll use him, right? And he's wants a full, big renewal contract, which will take him till the age of, like, 29 or 30. But it, statistically, it shows that, like, running back's best years are, like, 23 to 26 years old. So now you're signing him on his decline, but he wants more money. And so I really think the league needs to restructure rookie contracts for like running backs for that's a cool idea for cornerbacks, you know, like high, paying them high up front. Yeah. Or paying for make, don't make them sign a four year deal with a fifth year option, do a two year deal. Right. And then once that two years is over with a third year option, and then you're re-signing guys at the age of 24, 25, that's on the players because you can retool however contract you want to. But maybe the NFL forces like you have to sign a running back. There's there's some weird rules where like you know they have to sign like a four year something guaranteed, and I think that's maybe because they're like they're guaranteed more money and it's more of a longer contract, and so you know you're like guaranteed more money, but you're also not allowing them to get paid very highly. At that point. Right. Because I think that'd be like, you know, a great way of helping them out because, you know, it was funny. I just was uh, listening to another podcast and the year that um, Derrick Henry was going to break the single season rushing record and Mm -hmm. got hurt. Yeah. Within that, like, you know, he played like six games, whatever amount of yards, insane amount of yards, insane amount of touchdowns. He was out for the next six games. And the two running backs that took over that position for Derrick Henry had the same exact stats, like almost to the number, right? Each one, and it just kind of showed like Derrick Henry is like one of the last of his kind, and you can have two no-name running backs with a decent line could put up the same numbers for sure. 
and it's like that's kind of eye-opening but it's something we're gonna dive into during football season yeah i mean what one hell of a podcast here buddy here we are another one in the books i don't know what number we're in but 22 you know, baby 22 yes sir 22 Wow, flew by twenty. Are you gonna Are you gonna take us away here and, and show us our uh, our three worst today? Yeah, yeah, we're gonna do three worst here. Um, we're gonna do three worst cereals. Um, I think this is gonna be great because I just got done camping and there was some cereal. I had myself a couple mornings okay. frosted flakes, and I was wondering what what box cereals or would I not touch? So why don't you go ahead and lead us off here, buddy? Okay. I think this is a great one because there's a lot of really good cereal out there, and we're gonna st- we're gonna go um, and steer clear from like the crazy weird cereals, right? Like the protein packed cereals that they have out now. It's gotta be name brand. It's gotta yeah. We're we're going big. It's gotta have a commercial. We're going big. So number three slot for me. This is something that's I might get a little I catch a little heat here, but I don't really get it. You know, okay. it's one of these cereals. It's littered all over the place. But if you're not getting the Honey Nut Cheerio. You're really screwing yourself yeah, with, the regu- um, with, with the regular Cheerio. You're going to take some heat on that one. The last time I remember eating plain Cheerios was probably when I was like one and a half years old. I don't eat them. It has to be Honey Nut Cheerios for me. It has to be. There's no other option. Right, but I just, I was talking to some people of their three favorite cereals and the plain Cheerio was up there a couple times. No. Not for me. Those people are so wrong. I know. I'm Not for me. How do you get any sort of... Um, at least just like a little happiness yeah, with yourself. At least just a, a skosh. Like, I, I feel like I'm eating just crunchy but wet styrofoam at, with the cereal. Yeah, I, I hear you. And so Preach that kind of leads me. All, all of these are very, very similar mm-hmm. in this bracket because the number two cereal, mm-hmm. you're only really getting it, um, you know, if you can like, if, it, if you're like a texture kind of guy. And mm-hmm. only for that. But they're like, you know, it's just like the rice pop. It's the rice krispies for me. Yeah. That's my number two. It's got it's just air for me. Yeah. The I, plain I old old fashioned rice krispies. I could see that. Now we're we're taking our cereals here at face value because right. obviously you can add some strawberries and some sugar to that rice krispie. Now, some, it's now, now it's a party. No. Right. <laughs> now we got other things in the swimming pool and we're having a fun time. Yeah. And again, all of these cereals have other options for them. Right. And so this again leads me to my number one. And you got to be real sick and twisted in the head if you're buying this as your go to cereal. And that's the non frosted mini wheats. Just the plain old mini wheats? Mini wheats, non frosted. You got to be out of your mind. Yeah, you got to <laughs> just wake up and hate yourself <laughs> in the morning. Frosted <laughs> mini wheats are goaded. Those are delicious. And I'm I saying love face value, just the mini wheat themselves. Yeah, no, no. You fan. really don't enjoy life at yeah, all. Yeah, you're just like, you know what? I like gray. And you wake <laughs> up and you choose gray. <laughs> That's a good list, buddy. I think the I think the um, the Cheerios is tough. Cheerios is going to be a tough take. Um, number three for me is one I had like one time. And I said, nay, nay, never again. Uh, was Pops. Oh, I love pops, dude. Plain old pops is just like big corn nuggets. Yeah, dude, those are great. Yeah, I'm out, I'm out <laughs> on pops. <laughs> um, that used to be like one of my favorite cereals. Um, from my like my dad loved that cereal, so I grew up eating it. Yeah, I mean, I get it. Like, it's just not. It's just so plain, and it's just yeah. I just don't. You know, whatever. Number two for me, raisin bran. 
you just get the fuck out I, of here. I remember, like, raisin bran is just not that for me. is a terrible take. By I don't you. like raisins. So how am I gonna like raisin bran? Yeah, I, I get it. If you don't like raisins, but like you like raisins and trail mix. No, really, I'll just eat them. Ugh. As long as they're chocolate and a raisin, I'm in. Raisin by itself with one nut, I'm out. Two raisins is too many raisins. Okay. I just, I, I if I just put my hand in a bowl of trail mix and I pull out whatever I get, that's fine. But if I'm looking at it and there's like two or three raisins and there's not enough chocolate to nut wow. ratio. I didn't realize you hated raisins. A couple raisins needed kick dirt. Damn. Um, that's num- tough, dude. <laughs> number one. For I me. love raisin brands. So that's why it's it's like one of my top. I remember fives, dude. That's tough. Yeah, that's a tough. No, I mean, that's five. really it's a big dagger for you to take. Right that's there. like mid. That's a guy be like mid tier cereal for everybody. No one's choosing raisin brand. Their top five. If you're picking a cereal to be semi healthy and not be a total sugar bomb, I feel like that's a great option. I mean. You know, maybe great, back in the day when it was option. like black and white television, but not not nowadays. What 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 cereal is semi healthy for you? Or Frosted like, mini wheats. Uh, yeah, I'm like they're for me. They're right there. Right, like, it's it's bad. Like they're really close. Yeah, I get you. Number one for me is Special K. Yeah, I just all of them because like, they're trying to be like healthy and they all suck healthy. And like they're weird, chemically tasting, and they always left like a weird film in my mouth when I was done. Special K is 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 tough. And the only one that's semi redeeming is the one with the dried strawberries in there. I like the one with the chocolate, obviously. Okay, a dark yeah. chocolate, but yeah. that was like I remember my mom would have it. I'm like, why am I eating Special K? I'd right. just like <laughs> not eat cereal. Give me a Smuckers. Give yeah, me anything, anything else. else. <laughs> Pretzels and peanut butter. Right. Um, what a hell of a podcast, buddy. Got through another one. Easy breezy, beautiful cover girl, uh, patented not by in the cabbage. Um, <laughs> uh, you got anything for the people? Any updates for them? Um, spent a little time this weekend. Um, you know, went to the bay actually, and you know, we touched on this a little earlier. But first time I've ever been to the the beach or bay in like three years, dude. Like, yeah, just for not to like play volleyball, just to like go and hang out. Good time. I will have to say, I need to try to make my way over to the beach for like, you know, a two hour stint more more often than not. Like I gotta Long Beach, yeah. Long Beach or go to whatever, like Newport real quick and like right. go to the beach, hang out in the sun for an hour, then go to a restaurant, like I gotta I, got I, I, I gotta like maybe do something more of that. So that's my one little takeaway here from this past weekend. It was it was a lot of fun going over there and obviously going over to little Long Beach ain't too bad. Love so. that. Going home. Um, shout out to Madison, Devin, and uh, Jake for helping us out. You guys are really key in all this, so appreciate it all. Um, you know, just a reminder, we're in the cabbage and keep swinging. <laughs>